On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports friendly perspective. With pro handicappers Alex P. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, May the 4th, Ian Cameron, uh, with you, Alex B. Smith, momentarily as well. We may have Jimmy Murphy checking in as well, but again, this is a game day for the Bruins. They're playing game two against Carolina. He's down in Carolina covering the team. Uh, so we'll see if Jimmy can check in at some point. Andrew McGinnis as well. Uh, but Alex will be here momentarily. But what we who we have with us right now, someone we've had before uh, on the Ice Guys show, making his second appearance here on the program uh, as a special guest, uh, former pro uh, Danny Ehrman uh, joining us here on the Beck. It's been a great week of guests. We know we had Bobby Ryan, we had uh, Ryan Johnston, we had Andrew Gordon. We're going to have Steph Fournier later this week. Uh, Brett McLean's back on tomorrow. So it's just a guest palooza here in the playoff editions of the Ice Guys. And great to have Danny back uh, on the show. Danny, what's up? How are things with you? Yeah, thanks for having me. So you got Brett McLean on tomorrow. I played with him down in Houston. You'll have to tell him I say hi. Uh, no, things are good. The Here in Minnesota, the sun finally popped out this week, so... Uh, everyone's getting outside. We got rid of all that snow. I'm sure like a lot of Canadian listeners there were, were ready for the sun. Yeah, absolutely. I'm ready. I'm looking just to the left. I got a window right here and I'm looking at it. It's a gray sky and it's uh, not all that warm yet. So we're anxious and it's May 4th and it's yep. very, very upsetting. I know, <laughs> so, right? Yeah. Holy fuck. We're ready for some warm up right yeah. now with the uh, temperature. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Speaking of the sunshine, sun might be shining in the sky. Uh, in the state of Minnesota. I don't know if the sun is shining in the lives of Minnesota wild fans right now. Uh, a little bit upset, a little bit worried uh, after a game one home loss against the blues. Now we'll delve into game two specifically in just a bit, but obviously Danny's on the scene. So is Alex, by the way, uh, they're both uh, guys that live in the state of Minnesota uh, and obviously w well in tune with what's going on with the wild. But Danny, your thoughts just on things with the wild the fans, the people around you in that state, obviously a little on edge, I would say going into game two tonight. Yeah, you know, the easiest way to explain it is, you know, you got your Maple Leaf fans up in Canada that uh, have had a rough stretch. Well, imagine that, but it's every single sports uh, sports team in the state of Minnesota. We, uh, we're we used to this, and it's uh, it happens all the time. And, and right when they, you know, they lose a the game and everyone says, oh, no, here we go again. So um, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think this is going to be a long series. I do. Um, I, I probably give the edge to the Blues just because – their special teams are so much better, and they proved that in game one. But uh, it'll definitely be a hard-fought hard series. And, yeah, I think every game could be a coin flip. But, yeah, they got their uh, they got their pants pulled down in their game, in game one. Oh, they sure did. And uh, it's, obviously the penalty kill was bad, and the power play for St. Louis was uh, excellent. And that's going to have to be the difference tonight. They're going to have to improve uh, in that regard. Uh, no question uh, about that. And we'll see if they're capable of doing that. All right, before we get to tonight's games, we'll just recap last night. Uh, how much did you get to see, uh, Danny, of the Penguins-Rangers game? Obviously, it was a triple overtime marathon. We were actually on doing the live Tuesday betcast. We do a betcast every Tuesday night uh, for the Ice Guys. It's basically the crew, including me, and some of our guests join us right on the stream. And we just, you know, we slam back beers, we live nice. bet, we shoot the shit, we just watch the games. It's like a bar and pub atmosphere. It really, nice. is, except it's virtually. We bring our, it's really cool, a lot of fun. And by the way, thanks to everyone for joining us again last night uh, on the BetCast. It was great. Six hours. I mean, we gave you six hours. We stayed right till the end of that Dallas-Calgary game uh, on the uh, BetCast last night. So it was a lot of fun. We appreciate everybody joining us. But yeah, we were on the air during the uh, penguin rangers game last night and it was frustrating for me holding the rangers to win the series as a series price bet and also game one smaller in game one but 
you know, when you look at uh, that game, they had the 2 nothing lead. Penguins battled back. It seemed like everything was set up nicely for the Rangers, right? At home, Tristan Jari was injured. They had to face Casey DeSmith, who actually played pretty well, pretty admirably in a tricky spot. First, you know, playoff game on the road here. And then he gets injured in overtime. And Louis Domingue, ice cold off the bench, has to come in for the Pittsburgh Penguins last night. And in spite all of that conspiring, so to speak, against the Penguins. They overcome it, and they find a way to win in overtime. The Evgeny Malkin deflection goal uh, to get a 4-3 overtime win and uh, steal home ice away from the New York Rangers in this series. What did you think of what went on? It was a a pretty wild uh, atmosphere and a game in uh, MSG. Yeah, you know, I missed about an hour and a half of it. I was on the ice with uh, my my kids, but I caught the first half and the last half, and – you know when it's you know you, you know it's May when Genzel's on the ice and scores two goals. Um, his dad coached me in college. He lives uh, down the street from me here in Minnesota, and um, you know he had a heck of a game. Those two goals were huge. I think looking down the middle, you got Crosby, Malkin, and Carter. It, that's why they're scary to bet against. I, I, I do believe the Rangers might be a better team, uh, better goaltending, especially now, but. It's tough to bet against those three down the middle. There's not a lot of room out there. and They're all veterans who have won Stanley Cups. They, they're exactly right. There's no question. The, and the experience overcame maybe perhaps the better, you know, the team that had the great regular season, the better team perhaps, what we saw on paper, happened in two instances. That, that savvy veteran team that's got the experience of winning a Stanley Cup beat the team that they played. Pittsburgh did it against the Rangers, the Washington Capitals did it last night against the uh, Florida Panthers. What the hell is it with this president's trophy, man? I mean, it is just a fucking curse at this point. It's just absolutely, it's almost like a, you know, a pork chop or a noose around your neck. You know, when you win, won this president's trophy, it is uncanny. You win the president's trophy and you're pretty much done first round, second round at most, most years in the Stanley cup playoffs. And here's Florida president's trophy uh, winners. Uh, and now here they are finding themselves down one nothing in this series against Washington. And now a little seed of doubt's been planted in them. How much did you get to see of that one? Uh, I, I got about half of that game too. You know, I don't know if it's if you turn you turn on cruise control when you're running away with the, with the league like that, and and it's a different. You know, it might take a game or two to get into it because you've been kind of on cruise control winning all these games, and the playoffs is a different animal. It just is. And again, you're going up against a veteran team that's got a lot of guys with Stanley Cups and know what it takes to win. Um, Florida styles running gun. I love to watch it. Um, you know, that was a really good game till they scored that goal ahead goal. Uh, but I, I, I think Florida's going to run with, run away with this. I think that they're going to come out, uh, next game flying personally. I do believe they're the better team, but again, you're going up against Stanley cup champions on that team and it's going to be a hard fought battle. Sounds like uh, Danny's bringing out the hammer maybe in game two on Florida. It sounds like from that uh, little analysis there, uh, might be looking Panthers uh, tomorrow night in uh, game uh, two of this series, which is on uh, Thursday. I want to go back quickly to the Rangers-Penguins for a sec, just because I wanted to mention something. Penguins, people are saying, well, Igor Shosturkin got outplayed by the combination of the Smith and uh, Deming, who of course came in in overtime. That couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, Shosturkin was phenomenal. And the, the Penguins, from a from an expected goals perspective last night in that game, it was like 7 to like 3.4. Like they completely had the better of the play, the more scoring chances, the greater high danger scoring chances. The expected goals numbers were heavily in favor of Pittsburgh last night. They were full marks for that win, and the shots too. Although, as I always say, the shots on goals not anymore, in my opinion, the best way to measure the way a game goes, you want to look at those numbers I just mentioned, the expected goals and the high danger scoring chances. Because so many times shots on goal is just what if it's a bad shot from the boards area or the outside? You know, it's not really a, something that's going to threaten to go in the net. So, the, but even those key stats, like I mentioned, uh, it was Pittsburgh handily winning in all those categories. So uh, they deserve the game one win. And if not for Shesterkin, you know, the narrative that he got outplayed is a bunch of garbage last night. You know, he fit, what do you want the guy to do? Holy crap. I mean, he faced over 80 shots. It's just, I can't believe uh, Twitter. I use it for job purposes, career. You've got to, when you're doing shows like me, you've got to promote it, but man, you've got to try to turn a blind eye to some of these horrific takes, horrific opinions that some people have on Twitter, Danny, to think that Igor Shesterkin got outplayed in net last night, even though the New York Rangers lost the game is one of the most 
insane things I've heard in a long time. Yeah, he, I mean, he easily could have been a, one of the top three stars. I didn't see who they were, but, you know, 75 saves or whatever it was, 76. Uh, he didn't let any soft ones in. You know, um, I just think the Penguins kind of turned it up a notch once they got down to nothing, and the Rangers had the chance to step on their throat, and they didn't. And you don't want to – against a team that you're better than, you never want to go to overtime. You just don't, especially when they're playing the way they are. And, um, you know, I think the Rangers are the better team. But this could be a long series, too, if the Penguins keep playing the way they are. I think the Rangers, yeah, definitely not done in that series yet. We'll see how they respond in game two. Nashville, Colorado. I hate to say I told you so, but I kind of told you so. Uh, This was the game that made my night in the betting circles last night. I mean, we swept the board in this game with Nashville and uh, Colorado. Colorado first period puck line minus a half plus 100 was a winner. Colorado team total over four. That was a winner in the first period. Uh, And, of course, over six and a half for the full game uh, with the uh, Avalanche and the Predators. It was really simple for me. I didn't trust Nashville's defense. Outside of Yossi, and Ekholm's been banged up this year. When he's healthy, he's pretty good. But outside of those two guys, I mean, you got Dante Fabro, and you've got a bunch of guys that just, you know, they're not overly experienced come playoff time. Alex Carrier, Borvietsky's a, a guy that you can beat with speed because he doesn't have that great foot speed, lateral movement. I mean, uh, these are defensemen that are guys you can, a team like Colorado can really exploit with their speed, with their forward depth, with three, four lines they roll that can all strike offensively with just an incredibly mobile and gifted blue line. I mean, they all pile up the points from that back end for Colorado. Look at Devon Taves, who's a 20-point guy with the Islanders for a couple years. He's a near 60-point player this year with the Colorado Avalanche playing in this system. Uh, And look what it's done for him offensively from uh, the blue line. Uh, But you see Colorado, they just come at you in waves. The defense struggled down the stretch for Nashville, and they're down, obviously, UC Soros and net. And they just don't have playoff caliber goaltending right now. They don't. You know, Big Civ Dave can't get it done. He can't, and, and if I'm John Hines, I, I, I do not put Big Civ Dave, David Riddick, back in there uh, again. Uh, you can't. I think his confidence is probably shot. You know, after, that's a shell-shocking turn of events for any goalie. I mean, you are basically lit up for five goals and out of there barely halfway into the first period. I don't know how you could come back to him. I think you're stuck if you're Hines. You just got to play the young kid. Uh, it's not that young, though, actually. 25 years old, Connor Ingram. But that's who you got to go with and, and hope for the best. Pray for the best again uh, in this series. But obviously, they're in a they're in a tough spot. I bet Colorado to sweep and Colorado to win in five, Danny, both at a great plus price with the thinking being that if one of those bets cashes, it's profit because they're both a plus price. One was plus 350. The other was plus 275. So if Colorado wins in four or five, I'm profitable with those two plays. That was the thought process. And I don't know about you, but it sure looks to me that based on Nashville in game one, it's going to be hard for them to win more than a game in this series. Yeah. You know, Colorado was built to win the Stanley cup. And uh, they weren't very happy with how things ended last year. You could tell, and we saw that playoff, what Colorado was going to play like in the playoffs game one, uh, you know, last night. And, you know, they're, they're a powerhouse. They really are. Um, I think maybe Nashville steals one at home, but other than that, they're, yeah, they're done. Good luck betting on these guys with what the lines are going to be from here on out. Yeah, That's the thing too. Obviously for Colorado, you're right. You're going to have to get creative you know, to find ways to back them. Team totals, first periods, that kind of thing, because the money line price is just astronomical, just like the series price was. It's probably going to only get higher after what we saw uh, last night. Uh, we got Andrew McGinnis uh, with us now on the uh, uh, show. Andrew, what's up? How are things? And uh, what, what what did you think of last night? We've talked Penguins, Rangers, uh, the Panthers game, huge upset for the Capitals. They deserve a lot of credit. I don't want to hear about this with Florida last night. It's another ridiculous take on Twitter. That's the king of ridiculous takes, Twitter. You want to find some, you won't have to look too far when you log <laughs> Social on. Social media at its finest, my friend. Exactly. Yeah, no. That's what you'll see. Uh, wh- that game, people are saying, well, you know, Florida, uh, the, the game's stolen from them. That's nonsense. Washington was better. They went toe-to-toe. The, Florida wasn't ready from the get-go. They gave up, a, you know, they took two penalties early to be shorthanded five on three. Washington capitalized on it. And, and the stats bear it out. Washington was better. They took the play to Florida. They won that game. There's no fluke. There's no good luck. It was a lucky game for Washington. No, they were better than Florida, I thought. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that um, I think the game ones are, are kind of a better chance for teams like that to to win than a game two. You know, it's a good upset opportunity. We saw it with Los Angeles 
Um, obviously, Mike Smith wrapped a Christmas gift, but you know, I, I think that you you see that happen in game one, and I think a team has to wake up and say it's postseason time. Uh, but the Florida Panthers, I talked about it. They led the league in comebacks, you know, and not every time in the playoffs are you going to be able to come back like that, whether it's four goals or one goal. You can't give up the league early, but uh, I'm not too worried about them. However, I'm worried about my mon- minus one and a half games because that means that I now have to see Florida win four straight. Uh, and that price went from minus one. 45 to 180 happy i jumped in early on that but uh yeah i mean last night uh i had the over in the colorado game <laughs> and uh one team you know touchdown for me and uh, the extra point was good so that helped me out you know when colorado did it on their own i did have the under in the pittsburgh game that one was tough but uh shout out to louis Deming coming in freezing cold like that a lot of people don't realize how hard that is for a goaltender to do that uh, you know, he got, he gives all the credit in the world to the spicy pork and the, and the broccoli <laughs> during the intermission. So that was funny. That, yeah. that was funny, but, uh, yeah, just an unbelievable, uh, hockey game there. But, um, uh, I think I have a better read on this set of games. Um, so looking forward to uh, breaking down these games with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not going to talk much about Dallas Calgary. That was a complete snore fest that game. And that's the way Dallas wants it. That's the only way Dallas is going to have a chance in this series. They got to keep it really, really, uh, tight. One goal game. They're the king of one goal games. And somehow they played another one with Calgary. And the funny thing about Dallas, Danny, is it's every team. They could play a great team like Calgary. They could play Seattle, San Jose, Anaheim, some of the worst teams in the league. And somehow it ends up a one goal game. I mean, it's just unreal with this group. But unfortunately, they didn't get they didn't find the back of the net. They get shut out by Markstrom. Daryl Sutter, it's hilarious after the game, saying, you know, not an easy game. There were obviously it was not exactly, you know, able to gain separation. What were your thoughts? He said, I thought we played great. He, he loved it. This is a Daryl Sutter classic right there. Playoff <laughs> Daryl Sutter. One, he loves winning games one nothing, 2-1, to 3-1. to one. Are you kidding me? The, the, the media thinks he's going to be disappointed or upset with his team after last night. You don't know Daryl Sutter very well then. It's the classic type of playoff result that he's more than happy with uh, – uh, having at this time of year uh that was a dull game danny i don't blame you if you fell asleep during it but what did you think stars and flames i did fall asleep the last five minutes but uh <laughs> flames are uh flames are my stanley cup champion pick before the uh playoffs but uh i just like the way they play i played against the you know the the organization for four years they haven't changed hard physical hard nose and uh sutter's been there done that um they're playing for him and, um, you know, this year, I think the difference with the Flames this year in the past when I wasn't, you know, playing against them is they got they got the star power now, you know, and, and uh, they look ready to go. Um, I think this is going to be a quick series. But like you said, Dallas is going to hold on to every game and try to get that overtime and win the game. So uh, we'll see how this one goes. But, yeah, it's perfect, perfect playoff game for Sutter. I love that. The, the last time, the funny thing he said, even with the one nothing win, you never got to build some separation and get any sort of comfort. Things you can work on. Let's play. Oh, let's play off hockey. <laughs> well, Talk let's be honest that. there. I mean, for, yeah, for the game to be one nothing, that's yeah. the kind of game that Dallas wants to play in. Yeah. And they don't come out on top. Let's be honest. I mean, do you guys think that we're going to see Calgary held to just one goal again next game? Probably not. I would say they're probably going to score four. And Dallas. I don't think they can score five, you know, so that was the game for Dallas to steal probably, right? I think so. You know, they they had a bad first period. They actually, the third period, actually, they had a couple of really good shifts the first, actually, most of the first 10 minutes. They had a really good run of play. They were really pressuring Calgary. They had, Markstrom had to make a couple of pretty good saves, uh, and it felt like they were maybe on the verge of tying it. But, yeah, it does kind of feel like they maybe let one slip away because, you know, the game was there, one shot and it's tied, and then you go to overtime, who knows what happens, uh, and instead you end up losing in uh, a game that was winnable, and now you're down one nothing, and you may not be able to bank on Calgary uh, being like that last night. They might amp it up a little bit uh, in game two, so there's definitely uh, some truth to that for sure. All right, so that's last night. We'll put that to bed, and we'll move on to tonight. We've got four uh, game two situations uh, in the NHL. Uh, we will start with the Boston Bruins taking on the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, we've got Carolina minus 120. It's right around the same line we saw for game one and pretty much the same line we saw for the series price uh, as well uh, here for game two tonight. Uh, Carolina minus 120. Uh, the total in this one currently a five and a half across the board. Uh, like I say, zigzag theory, we talk about it in uh, NBA. We talk about it in the NHL playoffs a lot. You've Oftentimes, you want to try to make a case, especially in a competitive series for the team that lost. 
uh, the first game. Uh, I'm not doing that here, actually, with uh, Boston and Carolina. I don't think I'm going to be involved in this game too much because, look, I've already got, you know, Carolina series, and I already took them in game one because I really did like them uh, in game one, the Carolina Hurricanes, considering the fact that, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes I thought were undervalued. I thought too much was being made out of the absence of Frederick Anderson. Are we concerned with Antti Ranta anymore? I thought he played pretty well uh, in game one. I thought it was a great performance, especially in the first period when Boston was really carrying the play uh, against the Hurricanes. He made some big stops. He let them settle in. And then I thought in the last two periods, Carolina got a whole lot better uh, in that game. Uh, this, is, to me, is a lean Carolina. I don't know if I'll get involved in it. I, Boston, will have to see how things go uh, tonight with them. Uh, they're going to give Linus all... Linus Allmark, another chance uh, in net here tonight. Uh, Ronta, of course, back in net for Carolina. Uh, No lineup changes really for Carolina. Why not? You don't alter a winning lineup. It's still Seth Jarvis with Ajo and Svechnikov. Domi Trocek, Taravainen, Niederreiter, Stahl Fost, Martin Newt, Kotkaniemi, and Natchez on the uh, fourth line. Uh, Boston, uh, Marshawn, Bergeron, DeBrusque, Hall, Howla, Pasternak, the second line. Frederick Coyle, Craig Smith, the third line. Nick Foligno, Tomas Noshek. Curtis Lazar, the fourth line. So uh, pretty similar lineups in both ways. Uh, I just think Carolina's better. Deeper in the blue line, a little bit deep, certainly deeper up front because so much is on the plate of Taylor Hall and then the big three, Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak. I don't always know if I'm going to get offense outside of those four. I think the one through six blue line for Carolina's deeper, better than Boston's right now. I like Lindholm and I like McAvoy, but I think after that for Boston, that blue line, you worry about it a little bit. And look, Ronta looked fine in game one. So I give Carolina a chance to go up two zip, to be quite honest with you in this series. I lean Hurricanes, but I'm already invested in the series, so I'll probably just leave it alone. Uh, Danny, we'll start with uh, you on this one. What do you think for game two, Boston, Carolina? Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I like Carolina in this series too. Uh, let's be honest, it wasn't a 5-1 game. Um, yeah, It was a real close game. I mean, hearing people say Boston outplayed them. I don't know about that, but uh, they outshot them. I think it was early in the game they missed it. You know, had an empty net that didn't go in, and Carolina came down and scored a minute later. It's it's that close, right? That changes the whole game. Carolina is a tough place to play. I think Rod the Bod, Brenda Moore, knows that <laughs> they have to win this game because going to Boston, you know, they could lose too. So I'd expect to see the best out of Carolina. I'd give Carolina the slight edge, but it's going to be close. Yeah, it's it's and for me, someone like in my in my spot, and I think Andrew's in this spot too. We've I think we're already on Carolina in the series. So from that standpoint, it's just a question of do you really want to add on? You know, it's getting kind of kind of that feeling you're getting greedy, right? You're already on Carolina in the series. They're up one nothing. I took them in game one as well, uh, a, a separate play. Uh, and now if you add on in game two, it feels like you know what? Maybe we'll just pump the brakes tonight. But I would certainly I don't want Boston. I, I don't trust Boston. I know they'll probably want to play better, but at the same time. Carolina was bad in the first period, and it took until the second for them to get going. Can you bank on Carolina being that poor in the first 20 minutes on home ice again like they were in game one? I'm not so sure we get that here. Uh, We got Alex B. Smith with us. Good to see Alex uh, back with us. Also in Minnesota, like our special guest, uh, Danny Ehrman. But Alex, uh, welcome in. And uh, what do you think here, Boston, Carolina? Yeah, you know, I, I liked Boston in the series. I liked Boston in game one. And like you said, you know, they didn't take advantage of what was a poor First period for Carolina, they they let the Canes get momentum and, and uh, wake up, and they just cannot afford to do that here, especially in Game Two. They got to come out hot, uh, and that's usually with most of these teams that are down one nothing. They have to come out and, and answer the bell right away in the first period, uh, especially on the road. And I think Boston has the capability of doing that. I think that offense is going to wake up a bit more. Uh, Auntie Ronto, I mean, he he was you know stellar. Uh, in his first career playoff start, and you know, you kind of wonder, you know, what kind of, if you might get any jitters or, or or what from him, and he's just been kind of inconsistent at times. Uh, I think he's still susceptible to giving up some goals. I think Boston will find a way to, to crack through with him tonight. Uh, so I have Boston at even money in the series. I'm probably not going to play this game live. I do like the draw here. It's a lower price, plus three hundred five, plus three ten. Uh, I think a lot of people are probably looking that same way. I can see this being a tighter game, like it was in the first period of, of game one for a lot longer than this first 20 minutes. So I could easily see this one being a 2-2 or a 3-3 game heading into OT, and uh, I like the Bruins' chances to even the series up for that. All right, so now that Alex is here, we need to clear this up. Danny, what part of Minnesota are you? do you live in? Uh, I'm in Stillwater, suburb of St. Paul. Okay. Okay, all right. And, and I live in downtown St. Paul. So. 
Nice. Yeah. Pretty close then. Yeah, I assume. Yep. Yeah. I'm not a I'm not a geographical expert when it comes to Minnesota. I've never been there, but I assume it's kind of feels like you're in the same vicinity. So yep. yeah, either, either way, I've heard it's a great place to visit in the summer. I'll stay away in the winter. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, Alex has told that, that we should know that because Alex has been saying that to us for years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the summer. Uh, if you're going to make your way to uh, the Twin Cities, there or any place in the uh, state of uh, Minnesota, the state of hockey, and we'll get to the state of hockey in a minute, and uh, we'll try to talk Terry Edelman and all Wild fans off the ledge uh, as they prepare for a big game too tonight. Andrew, uh, your thoughts here, Boston, Carolina. Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, I'm already you know, kind of uh, pot committed. Uh, have them to win the cup, and of course, win. I love that term. I've never heard it until I heard you say it. Pot committed. I'm gonna have to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> I've been using it just because because it's playoff time with the series, right? Uh, you know, not the biggest poker player, but I like the, a couple cash games. But uh, you know, I think that you look at this game, and, and and just like Danny said, I mean, it's the score does not reflect what happened in that game, and we can all agree on that. Um, but to, to Alex's point he made, that's also a little bit scary though, isn't it? Because if that's the case, I mean, Boston had chances early on to make their moves and Carolina had, didn't had a poor start and then they kind of kicked it up into gear. It's almost like their cardio got better. Their game plan got better and they improved as the game went on. Um, you talk about Allmark. I just think it's so funny because, or excuse me, not Allmark, uh, Ranta, because I mentioned before the series started, his GAA was the exact same as all marks going in everyone's like the sky is falling frederick anderson's not playing but the guy on the other end of the ice has the same pretty much stats all over the place as ranta does so great performance from him i thought um i'm gonna stay off game two i would lean towards uh carolina to get it done again in rally but i'm gonna i'm gonna give it an advanced pick for the next game i think boston wins game three and so uh, even though look even though i have Carolina to win the series in the cup just for people out there that like Boston tonight I would say you should take Boston plus 170 you know if you to win the series I mean if you yeah. if you are a fan of Boston you know I, I think and, and again I, I'm on the different side but from a betting and value standpoint if you're planning on betting Boston tonight you should take the plus 170 and just at a show with Jeff Dawson we were just talking about that and, you know, it, this is what it's all about in the playoffs, finding these in-series wager opportunities where it kind of mathematically makes sense. So um, I, I do think that we'll see. I think we're going to see Carolina go up 2-0, go in the TD Garden, Boston win the first game at home, and then who knows what happens in game four. But the reason why I'm projecting the future, you know, these future games here is because I think that plus 170, 175 is a great enough number that I would tell people to stay off Boston money line tonight and just take that that uh, future bet yeah this is a tricky prop game I'm, I'm coming back to seth jarvis it's not even a question you know there's no doubt i'm betting seth jarvis again he's been fantastic down the stretch he's been undervalued in the prop market because he just moved up to the top line late in the season uh i don't know how much props you bet danny but this, these are terrific situations for me with props when you get the guy moving up from the third line to the second line or the third line to the top line or second line the, someone moving up the lineup and they put the prop out there for to score a point or to get a goal, and it's totally off from the two line mates he's playing with because he's just moved up there. And you could capitalize on these things consistently. And Seth Jarvis has been a prime example of that for me, playing with Aho and uh, Svechnikov. He's not priced to score a goal like Aho is and Svechnikov is or to get a point uh, like they are, and those are great prop bets to me. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the big thing is ice time, right? Yeah. A lot of these guys are very similar when it comes to skill. And if you're going to give a guy seven, five, seven, eight more minutes, and you're going to put him with the two best players on the team, I'd jump all over it. It's a big, big, big difference. People might not realize that. That's a good point. Yeah. Now, awesome. Do you, what, what do you guys situation. think about me saying this game, this series is one with the third lines? Nita Ryder, Stahl, and, and Jesper Fast. I, I think the third line, if, if, like Alex, I know that you like the Bruins in the series. Would you agree that it's it's got to be the the perfection line show with a little bit of supporting cast versus how with Carolina? I think their series is one with the with the depth. Yeah, Would absolutely. Yeah, the the yeah for Carol for Carolina, their their key to victory is certainly getting production from their balance. Where Boston's key to victory is obviously getting uh, as much as they can out of their top line. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that that that's definitely. I think a, a, a depth's going to have to show through. Now, if you flip this to Boston, 
I don't know what to do with props for them tonight. You would think after a loss, you want to go back to the big guns. You want to look at Bergeron, Marshawn, Pasternak props. They've been working on the power play extensively yesterday in practice because it's been terrible and it was horrible in game one. And you think maybe power play props for Boston in particular, because they've really been working on the power play the last 24 hours prior to game two. But then you counter that with the fact that, yeah, they can be working on the power play all they want. They're going up against the number one penalty kill in the NHL. And it's so damn difficult to score uh, with the man advantage against the Hurricanes. They are that good with their penalty kill. So that's why it's tricky. It's not to me a given that, oh, Bruins worked on the power play. They're going to all of a sudden cash in on it. Not when they're going necessarily against the best penalty kill in the league. So that's why I'm kind of torn whether I get involved in a in Bruins props of any kind. But in theory, look, if they're going to make something of this game tonight and, get, and tie it up, it's got to be the big guns, you would think, who are not exactly thriving in the uh, first game. Uh, Bergeron shots on Goalie is one I'll be on as well. Uh, wash, rinse, repeat with Bergeron. He shoots yep. the puck a lot. Five shots last game. It was three and a half at plus 110 is during the last one. Sorry? Still three and a half? No, uh, that's what it was last game. Three and a half plus 110. Yeah. I believe it's three and a half now, um, but just at a worse price. Okay. But still three and a half. And, and you're right. He's been shooting the puck a lot lately, no doubt. All right. We go to Tampa Bay, Toronto next up. Toronto minus 135. Uh, home favorites here, six the total, uh, pretty much across the board in this one. Uh, this is where we find out a lot about the Leafs. Killer instinct. You know, you got a team, not down and out, obviously. Tampa Bay's far from that. But you have a chance to go up 2 nothing. I want to see urgency from the Leafs. I want to see, you know what? We haven't done a goddamn thing in 18 years as a franchise. We've pissed away first round after first round, including last year, blowing a lead 3-1 to the Habs. Let's see some put-the-foot-down mentality. On the, in this team, you know, let's see a fire in their belly to really put the foot on the throat of the two-time defending champions. They're talking like it. Every Leaf after the game yesterday in their press conference is saying, we have to be even better than we were in game one. You know, they're not saying, oh, we repeat what we did in game one. No, we got to even take it further because they know what's coming from the Tampa Bay side. You know, the Lightning are two-time champs and you know you're going to get a better Lightning team tonight. Uh, I have very little doubt about that. You're, you're going to see them play much better. Now the question's becoming, too, for Tampa Bay. Now that the playoffs are here, you know, you have to really flip the switch, don't you, to another level at playoff time, usually. And Tampa Bay's had to do that now multiple years in a row. So there's this conspiracy, or there's this theory out there that Tampa Bay may be not able to switch it into that higher gear this year after doing it two years in a row and getting to the Stanley Cup final and winning it. And maybe they're just, you know, just don't have that extra level they can step up and elevate their team game to. I guess we'll find that out tonight. But look, just out of just out of sheer, they got humiliated in game one. They got totally outplayed. Toronto made them look like fools. That's how bad it was for they looked like they looked like total fools on the ice the other night, Tampa Bay. They got completely dominated. Their power play looked like absolute horse shit, thanks to the Leafs penalty leap penalty kill was fantastic. Uh, in that game, starting with the five-minute kill. Uh, the, the the defensive uh, awareness by the Leafs, they were swarming all night, sticks in the lane, blocking shots, the commitment. Uh, they did not let Tampa get any sort of time and space all night long, five-on-five five or with the man advantage. It was just a thorough and utter domination. And John Cooper is sowing the seeds to wake his team up with his comments too the other night that we didn't have to play all that well to beat the, or for the Leafs to beat us. Or, you know, you know, the Leafs didn't have to play all that well to beat us, is what he said uh, after uh, game one. So he's basically sowing the seeds, saying, hey, we better step it up or else we're going to be in some trouble here in this series. So I am on Tampa in the first period, but I'm, that's all I'm taking with Tampa. First period. Uh, I don't really know if, the, if it, I don't think it's a given. It's a full game victory for them. But I do think we're going to get a great first period uh, out of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I think because we are talking about a team that's two-time champs that usually when they have a bad, bad game, they are pretty good uh, at bouncing back uh, from it. Uh, I think a lot of those numbers, too, will uh, dictate that in terms of what Tampa Bay uh, has been able to do uh, long-term uh, in terms of bouncing back after a really uh, rough game. Uh, I will uh, take a look. Yeah, there's a lot of records I'm seeing. Uh, great win-loss record after a, a blowout loss of three goals or more. You're seeing, uh, uh, by the way, you're also seeing the over cash in in a lot of these games after a bad loss for Tampa Bay. And obviously they're going to work on the power play. There's no question about that. I would think going into the game tonight, uh, I think the overs worth a look because at DraftKings Sportsbook, our partners, the total six 
you know, it was six and a half across the board in game one. So I'm probably going to take that as well. Lightning Leafs over six, uh, minus 125. And I'm also going to look at the first period money line for Tampa, which is around even money right now. You can get it uh, at plus 100 here. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you on this one. Tampa, Toronto game two. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I like Tampa Bay's first period. I got that at, at even money this morning. That's the only thing I'm going to roll with because, like I said, I want to see can they turn that switch on and, and, and you know, uh, play at the level we know they can reach during this time of year. And to respond to Kenny Wu's comment in the chat, that that's really not a, a, a dumb conspiracy of teams playing long postseason series over and over year after year and getting fatigued. I've heard this from players, and not just in hockey. I've heard this from players in basketball with uh, with long series as well. And, and so that is a true theory that you know teams, these dynasty teams, when they start to fall apart, you see them tend to, to, you know, kind of weaken up in series. Look at Washington, for example, last year, the way they, they folded. Somebody just met, talked about that in reference to uh, Boston being down one nothing. They were down one nothing last year. Bruins came back and, and, and swept them. It was night and day what happened in game one of that series compared to games two through five. And sometimes you just see that with a veteran team. They just run out of steam. Even the, the Blackhawks, when at the end of their dynasty, they got swept out by Nashville. You could tell in games two, three, and four, they just did not have uh, that intensity. That, that they were just worn out. Uh, so, you know, that can happen with, with teams. You're talking about back-to-back cup champions. You're talking about the condensed schedules going all the way back to the bubble season of 2020. Uh, Tampa Bay has to prove to me that they're not fatigued and, and, and that they can get things kind of rallied back to gear. So I'm going to take a shot at them in the first period. And if I don't see what, I, what I'm liking from that, then I'll probably be picking at spots uh, toward Toronto winning the game. And at that point, it, it's their series to lose if they go up 2 uh, you know, after this game tonight. All right, so there we go, right along step. And that's why I'm on the first period only, because I think Tampa will be just – coming out storming in the first 20 minutes after what happened in game one. But can they sustain it for 60 minutes? Because Toronto could get knocked down in game one. And if Toronto elevates their game at second period after a, a t- Tampa plays a good first period, there's a part of me that thinks Toronto might be a little bit better than Tampa right now. All right, guys, you guys might as well just hand the cup to them. Oh, my goodness. I've never heard you guys talk so highly about the Leafs. Oh my. Well, here's one. your chance to provide a rebuttal, Andrew. Here you go. <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying it. You know, I'm going to channel my inner Aaron Rodgers and, you know, spell out the relax. You know, I mean, it was a dominant victory, but one team looked like a team that's won back to back cups. And one team looked like they haven't won a round since Facebook was invented. You'd think they'd be pretty hungry. Was I mean, Toronto? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the fatigue is certainly a factor. There's no doubt about that. Um, But where was the fatigue last week when Tampa won eight two? Why is the fatigue just a, just something that's a, a talking point now? After, but I, I and I'm not trying. I'm not being even rebuttaling because I agree with what you guys are saying and what Alex is saying. Every athlete will tell you the teams, and we see it uh, as well, guys. At the start of the regular season every year, the teams that go to the Cup finals or deep, they they lose out the gate. So I'm not I'm not kind of arguing that point, but it's more so that if it's just one game, and we got to remember, Tamp- Toronto had a great regular season to earn home ice. And I don't know if uh, they, they said no businessmen in suits are allowed at that game or something, but they were actually a good crowd for once in Toronto. Uh, they were actually cheering for their team. It wasn't just a bunch of business meetings going on. Uh, and, and the crowd certainly helped. I'll say this. As much as I'm saying it was one team that was more hungry and one team that won back to pack cups, this is uncharacteristic of me to say this, and I'm not trying to reflect anything poorly about how I feel about things, but that that Kyle Clifford hit, as dirty as it was, might have been a happy accident for the Maple Leafs because you're saying, you know what? We're not pushovers. We're not yep. soft as anything. You know, he might have played 40 seconds of ice time, but <laughs> the fact that he go, goes out there, crushes somebody from behind, they kill off a huge five a minute momentum pa- changing kill. five minute penalty kill. The crowd's the going nuts. Never the same after that. And yep. the average better that doesn't know hockey won't talk about that because they don't. It's momentum. There's different things that go into it. But again, what McKinnon said it best yesterday after they won their game on the ice in his interview. It doesn't matter if you win nineteen to one or if you win six to one or two one. And Daryl Sutter said it too. One nothing, you know. It, it's they're up one nothing. You know, Vasilevsky fourteen and zero past two years. I think it is off a loss in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know. I I like the Lightning tonight at plus one fifteen. All right, and that's full game. He does trust them to win the game, Andrew. Unlike uh, 
Alex and I were just playing the first period here tonight with the uh, Lightning in this one. But yeah, it does. I mean, the Lightning do have a lot, a lot of great numbers off a loss overall, but in particular in the playoffs. And we'll see if they can keep that going. That's why it's good to have Danny Ehrman here and any uh, of our, you know, people that have played the game that join us we can ask them questions like this is this conjecture is this a bunch of nonsense that tampa bay after two long grueling runs to the stanley cup might have difficulty this year ramping it up to that level for a third straight year is that part of the reason we saw what we did in game one or is that just hey maybe not so much the case no i was going to touch on this there's a couple things about about this game that i find interesting but going to the fatigue thing it's not Oh, we're tired. We played so many games for so long. It's it's you 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 win the Stanley Cup. You party a month and a half later. You're back at the rink and you're like, holy shit! I didn't get any time off. And then all of a sudden, you're fatigued. You're mentally mentally fatigued. And then yeah, you played more games. You did that injury didn't get to heal like it did. And now it lingers all season long. And it's it's not like, oh, I'm tired. I can't play anymore. It's just the buildup of so long. The mental buildup. Do I really want to go through this again and have five weeks of summer? They're not thinking that, but it's it's there. It's that hard. Uh, I definitely think it plays a role. Um, it's not like I said. It's not that I'm tired. I don't want to go play. It, it's just a mental buildup, physical buildup, mental block sort of thing to put yourself in the mindset to like let's go do this again. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so hard. But going back to the series, I think that as a coach, especially John Cooper, he would rather have gotten embarrassed than lose by one. He knows how to get his guys to tick. They're going to be coming up flying. They don't. Tampa Bay doesn't get embarrassed, right? So for them to get embarrassed, I'd expect to see their best game. Toronto looked phenomenal. I still the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're going to have to lose another one or two like that for me to really think they're that bad. Vasilevsky doesn't lose two games in a row. Um, I don't like the over in this one because I think the goal. You know, Vasilevsky's going to be. I would yeah. love to see his stats after giving up five goals. They're pretty good. I, I would think. love to see what his stats would be for goals against. Now Tampa might go score five, but uh, I like Tampa on this one just because it's plus money, and and I think we're going to see a completely different team. And are we sold on Toronto after one game? You know, that's the old it's the old are we aren't we? So it's it's actually a tough pit in my opinion. Yeah, it's tough I, I will because- say real quick though, uh, off a loss last two playoff runs, fourteen and zero Vasilevsky point nine five two save percentage, five shutouts. Yeah, so. Oh. So, I mean, I, we're not going to look up now, but I would love to see what it is after giving up five goals or getting yeah. cold. And that shit's really, really good. Yeah, that is. That's why this is the ultimate. That's why the Leafs are talking the way they are. That they, yeah. Screw how good we looked in game one. We got to be even better tonight. That's well, let's not forget, talking. Ian, what Bobby Ryan said. Like, again, yeah. this is the home team, Toronto. It's not like yeah. it's a, they were favorites. Yeah. Everyone's acting like they were big dogs in game one and they weren't expected yeah. to win. You know, yeah. just because there's the narrative of how bad they are in the first round, it's not like they're not going to win a game. If they win tonight, what they've done is protected home ice. Then they go to Tampa, and then if you steal game three, then I'll let the Leafs fans start planning their first round parade. But it's game one at home as betting favorites. Yeah. You know, I think even like if Bobby Ryan said it best, they need to win both games at home. He said if yeah. Tampa steals one, that's a win for them going back into Toronto. So, I remember he said he thought that Tampa was going to win both at home. So if they split in Toronto, it's a huge win. Well, of course, always is definitely for, you know, the road team. If they get the split in uh, game one and again, like Washington, they've already done that. And Pittsburgh, you know, they've already done that in their two series. So definitely that's the hope and always the goal to split on the ro- uh, road in the first two games. And uh, yeah, uh, Bobby put up his uh, series predictions and someone, uh, it's, it's insane. We still see this. He said, Bobby, you didn't put up, you didn't pick any upsets in the tweet that he had with all the series predictions. And he picked Tampa as one of them. It's like, do you, do you look at the series prices guy? Toronto was favored. So yes, he actually did pick an upset. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is considered an upset based on Toronto being a series price favorite. Some people didn't get that though. Uh, but uh, that's why you got to look at the betting lines. Don't just assume, you know, oh, Tampa Bay, two-time defending champions. They're favored over Toronto. Who's never won a playoff series in 18 years. No, Toronto's a series favorite. Uh, here. All right. Next up, we've got Nashville and that's not Nashville and Colorado. That's last time. (laughs) All right. No, we've got St. Louis and uh, Minnesota. This now is going to be an interesting one to break down. Uh, We've got Minnesota minus 135 home favorite, six the total in this one. Danny's there. Alex is there. We're going to try to keep Terry Edelman and all those wild fans calm. Here is what I'm going to say, and I'm going to 
you know, brighten your day right now, give you a little, you know, uh, confidence, maybe a little belief, tell you everything is going to be all right. These are simple things for Minnesota to correct after game one. Game one was awful. You know, when you're seeing the XL Energy Center filing out with like five or six minutes to go uh, in the third period, you know it's been a rough night. Uh, that's a great fan base. That's a great crowd environment there. You knew it was a rough night for the Minnesota Wild. And uh, that's obviously why, you know, Wild fans, Minnesota sports fans in general are saying, here we go again. Same old Wild, same old Timberwolves, same old Twins, same old Vikings. Uh, you go on and on down the list. Same old shit, you know, falling, all, you know, coming up short. Um, but before we get to that point, I think they win tonight. I like Minnesota first period, full game, money line split. And I will say this, though, at the same time, if St. Louis goes in there and wins again, we're not touching the wild for a little bit after tonight. We're not. This is their spot. They rarely lose two in a row at home. And, and we can all vouch for that. You know, they've rarely lost two games in a row at XL uh, all season long. And for the Minnesota wild guys, I think these are fixable, correctable issues. The issues are simple. You either stay out of the damn penalty box or you improve your penalty kill, one or the other. Those are your two options, and I'm sure Dean Evason uh, is. Is it that easy though to stay out of the box? No, because and it may not be because they are near the bottom, the Minnesota Wild, in the amount of penalties they've taken this year, penalty minutes, and, and that is a concern. That that's why Andrew, maybe they can't stay out of the box, and maybe they just put themselves into positions to hook and hold and clutch and grab and interfere. And maybe there's, you know, lose their minds after the whistle, which Hartman and Felino, while they play a tough, rugged, physical game, sometimes they do lose it a little bit, you know, after the whistle and take that extra penalty that they shouldn't. Uh, that's what they've got to restrain themselves from uh, here tonight. So you either stay out of the box or you improve your penalty kill. And if they do that tonight, you know, their five on five play, I thought, in game one was pretty good. I thought they were even with St. Louis at the very least at five on five and if not outplayed the blues sometimes at five on five um so i think minnesota there's ways they can fix what they did wrong in game one and be better and who's kidding who this is not a great road team minnesota you know you look at the difference with the home record 31 wins and only 22 on the road so you might as well put yourself up against the, the at the edge of the cliff if you lose tonight you know, if you fall down two nothing and have to go back to St. Louis, not saying Minnesota can't win in St. Louis like St. Louis has in many, but you know, Minnesota's road record, I think is worse than St. Louis's. So it's going to be even more difficult. This is a must for Minnesota and I'm going to trust them here. Still a very good hockey team all year, especially on home ice. And I'm going to take them here. First period, full game money line split and back to the over, even though it fell short for me uh, in game number one. Total still at six. Uh, I think Minnesota gets that offense revved up a little bit. Huso was great, but it was one of those nights where they just weren't clinical finishing around the net. The puck was bouncing right in front of the net. They had chances to get it on net and put it in the net, and it just wouldn't go. Hit sticks, hit bodies. Huso made saves, hit the side of the net. They hit a post, a couple of post shots as well for the Wild in game one. I think they find the back of the net more tonight as well. So I like over six. I like the Wild in the full game money first period split on the money line. Uh, Andrew, let's start with you for this one. Uh, St. Louis, Minnesota. Yeah, I'll give it short and sweet here. Uh, you know, I, I don't believe that either team will finish, will uh, correct their penalty mistakes. I just think it's a, 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 no pun intended, a wild series. I mean, it's, it is a crazy physical, it's an exciting one to watch. And uh, I have the blues to win the series already. So I'm going to stay out of the side again, hope they can take game two. But I like the over. I like the over six. I think it's worth it to take it at minus 120, 25 versus getting the six and a half. And uh, I expect goals here. I think Minnesota bounces back uh, as far as goals go. But I think St. Louis will get theirs as well. They're so dangerous. They don't have a top six, guys. They have a top nine. And uh, there's a lot of talent out there for both teams. So over six, hoping for at least seven goals tonight. Yeah, and by the way, that that even after the under the other night, 4 nothing, uh, you're still looking at before that four straight overs and a, still a very long-term strong uh, over series history. Uh, no question about that. All right, Danny, you're there in the state and Alex too. We'll get to him in a sec, but uh, uh, how are we, how are they going to respond? How do you like their chances tonight? Blues and wild. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we'll see their best game tonight. That's, it, they're going to have to, it's a must win for them. They're at home with the crowd behind them. Flurry's playing again, which I didn't know if they were going to do that or not, but I heard on the radio that Talbot's numbers are just terrible against the blues. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's why they're doing it. Um, Flurry played great. It was just rebounds were going in. 
I like the over six. I do think this is going to – we're going to see Kaprizov come out. That top line is going to get, get in the back of the net, I really do think. There was three posts, I believe, for the Wild, you know, inch there, inch yep. here. Um, and then penalties. I heard on the, on the TV yesterday, I don't know how true this is. Someone can look it up. But the myth of playoff hockey and penalty minutes go down. Actually, I, they, the announcer said yesterday, the last two to three years, they've been over the Raiders. Yes. So they're calling penalties, which – we know the wild's penalty kill. It's not not as where it should be. So if they get in the penalty trouble, they're in trouble. But I like the over six. Um, I think we'll see Minnesota's best game. Yeah, Minnesota's best game sounds like you like the total though uh, more yeah. than the. Let's uh, get some goals. Yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. I think we'll see some here tonight uh, with the uh, Blues and the Wild. Again, you're right. The multiple posts. I thought their five on five offensive thrust was very good. Minnesota, like I say, they were pressuring St. Louis pretty good at five on five. But Huso was great. Again, they fumbled the puck in, right in front of the net, hit the side of the net, missed some, missed the net on a couple shots, hit some posts. You got to think maybe the puck luck and the finishing just improves and goes up here tonight for Minnesota. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Blues Wild. Yeah, we're all pretty much in agreement. Uh, we think the uh, Wild bounce back here tonight. I like them in the first period puck line, uh, laying and a half goal plus one seventy. I also like the over as well, and you know six minus a tw- minus a dollar twenty. I'd try to wait for a better price uh, in game normally during the regular season, but I'm fine laying that as well. I think we see this one go over six. Uh, I think this game, this is you know a game that opens up a bit more and, and a bit earlier than what we saw uh, out of game one from both both sides. Uh, Minnesota like said they got to stay out of the penalty box and also try to capitalize too on their power play. Their power play has been a rough shot as well, so special teams needs to be cleaned up on, um, at both ends for Minnesota moving forward. But I think Flurry gets, uh, you know, has a better fate within him tonight. And uh, like I said, that on the offense, those those shots that end up hitting the post and missing wide in game one, I think they find the back of the net and uh, beat Huso here in game two. So give me the first period, excuse me, first period uh, puck line, lay and a half a goal, and also go over six as well. All right, good stuff. I forgot to mention props for the Tampa-Toronto game that I'm on. I'm on Paul and Colton again, uh, you know, the second straight game, even though they were quiet in game one. I'm actually going to go with two – bigger favorites on the prop board you know goal score prop points props with point and stamp stamp coast I, I think is a good prop tonight just because look they were ridiculing him in game one he missed the net on a wide he dubbed the shot on a wide open net uh, in game one and the stamp coast the leaf fans were kind of giving him pretty harsh it's his hometown and the leaf fans are just giving him the gears i like those in Ian. game one yeah I haven't made, I haven't actually put put them in yet, so I didn't want to say any, any of those. But um, I'm probably going to end up betting some shots on goal props for the Lightning as well. Yeah, definitely shots on goal, points and goals. I sprinkle with all three usually: goal score, points, and shots on goal for all of those. And for the Leafs, it's Mikheyev and Kerfoot. You can go with Matthews and Marner again, certainly. And boy, they got off the playoff monkey off their back in Game One. But I think Mikheyev and uh, Kerfoot for Toronto are the better props for this game. Minnesota. I mean, I think you keep it simple with Kaprizov, Hartman, that top line. You know, to really get going, you would think in a game that they need for the Blues, it's you know Thomas and per- Perron. I mean, Perron's a must, right? You saw what he did. Uh, in game one, how lethal he's been. Uh, Booch Navich is a look. Tarasenko, I think, could chip in. Uh, Robert Thomas, don't sleep on him. There's definitely a bunch of options for props uh, for both the Blues and the Wild. I'd probably look in both directions there. All right, final game now of this uh, went, uh, Wednesday night slate. L.A. Kings, Edmonton Oilers. We've got Edmonton minus 190. Uh, home favorite, six and a half the total in this game. Kind of like Tampa here in this in this uh, game as well with the L.A. Kings and the Edmonton Oilers, where I think Edmonton comes out strong. Can they win the full game? They sh- uh, they, they better. You know they don't want to go back to L.A. down two games to none. Mike Smith is back in net. I, I'm not shocked by that. I'm seeing people reacting to this that Mike Smith's in net tonight. Surprised? No, uh, I'm not surprised. This is the guy that played great in the month of April, who had a mediocre game one that. And we know what the big mistake was, uh, obviously, in game one. You know, it was that horrible decision to just rip the puck up the middle, you know, in your own zone with six minutes to go in the third period of a tie game. It ended up costing him. He took full responsibility for that giveaway in the post-game press conference, which I give Mike Smith a ton of credit for doing that, for owning it, saying, my bad, I cost our team tonight. It's hard to do that. You know, it's hard to admit that publicly. Uh, He did that. You watch this Oilers team. They're going to go to war for Mike Smith tonight. I really do believe that after what we saw uh, in game one. That being said, man, this Kings team just 
they're too young and dumb to know better. That That's kind of the phrase I like to use about the LA Kings. They work their tails off. They have defensive team structure. They have these young kids that aren't shy of the moment. Drew Doughty is out. Think about this. And Danny, you can certainly talk about it in a sec with the defenseman, Drew Doughty being out. But my goodness, uh, Mikey Anderson and Jordan Spence and Matt Roy, you're getting these young defensemen for the Kings stepping up, filling big minutes, filling big shoes and multiple roles because Doughty's not there. Everybody's got to collectively play more minutes and play in more situations. And what they did in game one was very impressive. Uh, the LA Kings. And then you sprinkle in still what the veterans they've got, Kopitar, Deneau, who had a great game one, Trevor Moore, the Leafs kicking themselves probably that they traded him away. Trevor Moore's been phenomenal for the Kings. It's not going to be easy for Edmonton to square this series tonight, uh, even though they're at home and they need it desperately. So I like Edmonton first period puck line, but I'm probably just going to keep it at that. I don't know if it's a full game win for them, but the puck line's plus 130. Uh, for Edmonton, minus a half in the first period. I do think they have a very strong start. Uh, they try to come to the aid of Mike Smith. Give give him a couple of goals early in the game. Try to get him to settle in, feel more comfortable, feel more relaxed, and then they go from there. Uh, but I like the first period a lot more than Edmonton. Even regulation, you got to lay a price with it. And this is probably going to be maybe still a one-goal game because the Kings play a lot of games tight. So uh, that's why I like the first period more than the uh, – Oilers in a full game type of situation here tonight. Uh, Danny, what do you think here? LA Edmonton. You're going to, again, you lose game one at home. You're going to see Edmonton's best game, game two. It's a must win again. You, these teams that lose at home game one, I expect them to come out flying. Um, I really like Edmonton here, but man, did LA play good. I don't think Edmonton played bad, um, but LA looked really good. Quick was looked like he was 25 again. Um, but I, I would expect Edmonton to come out flying. And I like your first period bet. Um, I do think they take this game at minus 190. That's up to you if you want to take that or not. But, uh, yeah, I like Edmonton here a lot. I just don't know if I like the price. Exactly. I like the price on the first period puck line, though. And yep. that's exactly why I took that. Because uh, in regulation with the Kings, you've still got to lay you know a decent number in this game. And I don't love it. And I could see Edmonton's strong start and L.A. just resilient, and they are. You know, they battle their way back into it. Because, yeah, Edmonton's like minus 130 or so in regulation. You know, it's not like it's even money or anything like that. So that's why I prefer first period puck line. I actually lean under six and a half in this game. It was a high-scoring game one, kind of unexpected that it was that high-scoring. They're going to, I think, really try to play good in front of Smith, help him out. I think Smith's going to want to atone for that gap in game one. He'll play better. And on the flip side, I think you'll just see the, the game cool down a little bit. It won't be as high event and running. It was extremely run and gun game one, way more than we would have thought with Kings and Oilers. So I think tonight you see something a little bit different. So I would definitely lean under six and a half here with this game. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Kings, Oilers. Yeah, I agree. I think this game uh, settles down as well. And I would lean with that under six and a half. But I like even more the draw at plus 375. If it's not for Mike Smith making that bonehead play, uh, to know getting a, that goal. We're probably talking about that game being the first OT game of, of the playoffs uh, going 3-3. So, yeah. uh, so I, I feel like it's going to be more of the same kind of tightness that we'll see from, that we saw in the later portion of that contest. Like we'll see it earlier. Uh, Edmonton finds a way to win this game, but I don't think it's going to be an easy game at all. I think it's going to be a, a bit of a, a grind and a battle, and I think it's going to take longer than 60 minutes. So give me the draw at plus 375. And I'm really looking forward to Alex. Yeah, I like Great more. Pro yeah, it is. That is a really good price on the draw. I could definitely see it being, you know, a game that goes beyond regulation because you're right. It was close to doing that uh, in game one. Uh, real, real quick. Yeah, I got to ask Alex, what's that during the regular season? Like, is that I find that such a great price. I mean, if that's what it is in the playoffs, what do you think it is? I mean, that, that's an drop off. The average, the average draw price is around three fifty five to three sixty three seventy. Yeah. So, so I, I think that's and and looking at how this game is lined. Edmonton minus what, minus one ninety minus two dollars. That, that's about a fair price for a draw. Plus three eighty. I see it. My favorite draw book that I use. So yeah. you know, you get some uh, really good prices definitely with that. I like Trevor Moore for Kings. I think he's he's just flying. He's been great. He goes to the front of the net. He's going to be a guy that can score playoff type goals. He did it in game one. And then for Edmonton, same guys. I mean, that's the supporting cast. I like Yamamoto. I like Kane. Kane was pretty quiet in game one. I think he shows up tonight. Evander Kane and also um, Zach Hyman. 
Uh, I'd target those three for player props tonight for the Edmonton Oilers, definitely. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here, Kings-Oilers? Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, I was hoping the Oilers would win game one, guys, so I could take the Kings plus two and a half games in the series. Unfortunately, you can't do that when the Kings win game one and, and upset. So now I'm getting minus 115. The books are begging everyone to take the Oilers to win the series. I think they can do it, honestly. Uh, I think they can win the series. And at minus 115, I I might fall for what the books are trying to get us to do. I like them to win the series at minus 115, so I'll make that official. And uh, I'm on them tonight in regulation, minus 120. Um, I, I just – Mike Smith didn't play uh, his best near the end of the game. Obviously, that mistake. But I just look at the effort from the, from the Kings. Defensive forwards. They've got, got a lot of great back checkers. Jonathan Quick stood on his head. And if he can keep it up, hats off to the guy. But I think the Oilers get it done tonight and at least get the split at home ice. Yeah. And that. Oh, and I'm on Yamamoto as well with you, Ian. I had that at minus 110, I believe, to get a point. Point. Yeah. I agree. I like Yamamoto, goal scorer, and point. Same with uh, Hyman, same with Kane uh, for the uh, Edmonton Oilers tonight. And Moore's the one I'm primarily looking at for the uh, Kings, although Deneau just seems to be someone that's got his offense back too for them. So don't look past him either. But uh, yeah. I mean, are there spots, Danny, where it makes sense where you see Mike Smith struggle, have that bad giveaway? Yeah, you know, you realize, hey, he really fucked up. Like, the Oiler teammates know that, like, and they're frustrated by it, I'm sure. But then they see the guy coming out in the press conference and say, hey, I made a mistake. I can't do that. It was a horrible play. I cost us the game. Doesn't that go a long way in the dressing room, you would think? And, hey, this guy's taking ownership for that, and let's go out there and let's make amends and let's help him out and let's uh, play hard for this uh, goaltender tonight. Yeah, you know, he, he made a mistake, and right when it happened, everyone's probably, like you said, pissed off, and then you you get over it. Like The thing about the playoffs is you got you have a short memory. Can't remember it. He's not going to remember it. He's going to move on and play. Oilers are going to come out flying. Yeah, they feel, you know, eventually you're mad, then you feel bad for him. Like, yeah. it, maybe the game never should have been tied. We should have been up 3-0 at that point, right? You can twist it any way you want to make him feel better. Um, let's not forget, too, I mean, we got the two – arguably the greatest players in the world on this team. You're telling me they're just going to lay down. I, I like the Oilers. Um, I think they're going to come out flying. Yeah, it's, I really like the Oilers in this game, but like you said, let's see what Quick does. Yeah, and Jonathan Quick was good. I was starting to see some of those vintage Quick saves in game one where he's just stretched out. You can't beat him down low along the ice. It's always been that way with Quick. The book is elevate the puck on him because he's just so incredibly uh, uh, mobile uh, and, and, and athletic. You know, along the ice, down low with the pads. So, uh, and he did that again with uh, in game one. Some of those. Yeah, old it's kind of funny, guys. I'm in a playoff pool where you pick a bunch of players. You don't have to pick uh, from each team. You can pick from whoever you want. And I think I had to build a pretty good team, but I kind of forgot about my goaltender. I was going to take Huso, and the guy before me took Huso. So then I was like, it was like late rounds, and I was like, who's left as far as the goalies go? And it's Jonathan Quick, and of course he ends up off to a good start. So I was like, yeah. screw you guys that were chirping me. Here we go. You know. But, uh, <laughs> You know, wasn't I? I wasn't too happy with that pick, but off to a decent start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, he did. He played really well. It was kind of like turn back the clock. It reminded me of the Daryl Sutter, L.A. King, uh, Stanley Cup, you know, version of Jonathan Quick a little bit in Game One. He was really good at times uh, in Game One. So, but the question is, does he carry it over here to uh, Game Two? And of course, I think for Mike Smith, they see him taking the bullet, you know, and, and owning up to the mistake he made the other night. And I think that goes a long way with him and his teammates tonight. Uh, going into uh, game two. All right. Uh, great stuff. Uh, Danny, it was great having you uh, joining us again uh, on the uh, show. We appreciate it. Uh, Alex, Andrew, great uh, analysis as well. Uh, we'll get to best bets in just a second uh, to wrap up the show. But before we do that, and by the way, hit the like button. We appreciate it. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner uh, of THPN, the Ice Guys, and the NHL. Uh, new customers can bet just $1 on any NHL team, get $150 in free bets if they win. Uh, with promo code THPN. DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state. You can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 
Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team. Get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. New customers only. Uh, minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right, best bets now to wrap it up for this uh, Wednesday edition of the Ice Guys. Uh, Danny, we'll try to get you on one more time before the uh, playoffs end and the season ends. But uh, what do you got for us, Danny? Best bet? Uh, you know, playoff time, it's tough here, but I'm going to go with the Oilers to win in regulation. Um, I don't like the one, minus 190. I go regulation. If you want to get crazy with it, go uh, minus one and a half um, and hope for the empty netter. But I really like the Oilers tonight. All right, Edmonton Oilers in regulation, minus 125, minus 130. That's the price you can get uh, on that. So Edmonton in regulation for Danny Ehrman, his best bet for this Wednesday NHL card. Uh, Alex, the other Minnesotan here with us today, uh, what do you like here for best bet? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, on, on the first period money line at even money. I think this is a, a big spot for them. If they're going to step up and, and uh, play hard in this series, they got to you know give it their all right away in this first period. Uh, and take the crowd out of, out of the, the game that we saw. You know, they were like said, hyped up and rolling in game one. Take them out of the game early. Uh, try to get a couple of goals uh, uh, in and, and, and keep the, the tempo on their side. I like Tampa. Uh, first period money line is my best bet tonight. All right. Tampa Bay plus 100. First period money line for Alex B. Smith with his best bet. Uh, Minnesotan, but of course, Chicago, Illinois at heart. Uh, we always must remember that when it comes to uh, Alex B. Smith. Uh, Andrew, uh, what do you think for your best bet here tonight? I expect goals. St. Louis, Minnesota. I think it could have got there in uh, game one. If it wasn't for it kind of being a one-way hockey game. Uh, I, and I don't expect um, the penalties to go away by any means. Two physical teams, lots of bad blood there. I think it's going to be an aggressive series the whole way through. Lots of stuff after the whistle uh, and two great power plays. So over six, Minnesota and St. Louis for me. All right, there it is. St. Louis, Minnesota, over six. Uh, best bet for Andrew McGinnis. My best bet, ditto. Uh, same thing. Uh, Minnesota, St. Louis, uh, over six, minus 125. A uh, couple sides I really like, too, but this, the total was at the top of the board for me tonight uh, in the NHL with this card, and it's the uh, same thing. Blues and Wild, over six, minus 125. Uh, I think we'll get up and over that total uh, tonight. I think the Minnesota offense gets things fired up and revved up tonight after getting shut out. I like good teams at home, good offensive teams after a shutout loss. Usually you get that offense cranked up in the next game. I think you see that tonight, but I don't think they're shutting out St. Louis. I think the blues are just too potent offensively right now. So they'll chip in as well. And that game goes over. So, uh, St. Louis, Minnesota over six, minus 125 for me for best bet. And that'll wrap it up for this edition of the Ice Guys. We thank everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. Reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, Andrew McGinnis, our special guest. Danny Ehrman, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Cash some tickets. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday. Brett McLean joining us once again tomorrow on the show. The Ice Guys join us on Thursday, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.